Welcome to Money Tips by Charles Kelly, author of Yes, Money Can Buy You Happiness. Charles spent over 25 years in financial services, working for banks, insurance companies, and as a qualified independent financial advisor running his practice before setting up his speaking, consultancy, and property business. Money Tips will help you save, make, and accumulate more money, whether you are a business owner, entrepreneur, employee, or still searching for your vocation. Good afternoon, welcome to Money Tips. This is Charles Kelly. Well, a few things happening this week in the, the economy, and the, the big news for, for first-time buyers is that the, the rise in interest rates, which we talked about last week on mortgage affordability, uh, the, these figures have been worked out by Zoopla now, and it turns out that you will need, on average, 12,500 more income for a first-time buyer, but in London, the figure is 34 thousand pounds extra income to buy the same property assuming an interest rate of four percent this is the fact of life as interest rates go up you're going to need more money to buy to buy that property or get the same mortgage now the other thing that's happening in the background more or less under the radar is the sterling crisis this is where the sterling is falling against the dollar and I'll be talking later about why that matters to you. It's not just about your, your holiday money. It, there's much more to it than that. So first-time buyers are now the largest buyer group in the country. A lot of people think, oh, the, the, the buy-to-let investors are buying out all the properties. But actually, the first-time buyers are the largest group. And, and they bought, uh, it was like 177,000 transactions so far in 2022. And they're going to need an average of over just over £12,000 more on their income to get a mortgage based on a 4% average first-time buyer interest rate. Remember, the interest rates are creeping up and may go up again quite soon, uh, with, even with the new Prime Minister. And, and this is this is what affects things. But in London and, and the, the more expensive South East, they're going to need an extra £34,500 for the same uh, size of mortgage. Uh, so, But anyway, property interest amongst first-time buyers is really up by, by nearly 50% this year. They're really um, buying up a lot of stuff, and and more than half of their inquiries for, is for three bedroom homes, and you know first time buyers are now looking, of course, further afield uh, due due to the changes that have been going on. More people working from home, they're actually stretching further out. I mean, I I, I know some first time buyers who uh, were looking around parts of London. They ended up in in the suburb of Kent, uh, but it's not that far because. You know, you can jump on a train from there into London Bridge or one of the other London stations, Charing Cross, fairly quickly. I did this myself when I was in London. So it's not just a new thing. Uh, this has always been happening. I, I rented in London, but, you know, for what I could get for my money, there wasn't much around. So I ended up moving a little bit out to the suburbs. In fact, I, I'm still out there in the suburbs, really, um, you know, you know, because prices are, have gone up much more in, in London but that's that's just the way it is. It's not some new thing that you know the first time buyers have been driven out of London. It's always been that way. Prices in city centres have always been a little bit higher. Excuse me, because I, I've got a bit of a cold, and my voice is is probably not sounding great. Uh, now, first time buyers, um, again, according to Zoopla, uh, outside London are now uh, searching what ten kilometres kilometres further than they were last year, and that the searches increased, the radius has increased for first time buyers. Uh, in London, 30% of first-time buyers uh, are inquiring for properties 20 kilometres away. Uh, and, and this is up by 20% on, on a couple of years ago. So the, I think the events of the last few years have changed people's 
expectations and, and some are even moving further afield than than just the suburbs because they they can work from home a lot of people are coming back to the offices i was in town on sunday around victoria and talking to the shop owners there and they said yeah that the, the, the offices are filling up again but um you, you can still see it's not as busy as it was in in years gone by and, and and i'm still seeing a lot of shops closing down but things are changing uh the big stores are turning into uh, apartments and flats above with with less retail space below now according to you, it's still cheaper to 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 uh to to, to rent than buy uh th this is because uh of of the, the rents also going up as well but um you know comparing the cost of renting to buying zoopla and examine whether renting uh, a renter can actually buy the home they're living in. It turns out that you could save an average of £200 a month paying a mortgage on, on a 2.5% interest rate rather than renting. But on a 4% uh, interest rate, it will still be slightly cheaper to, to, uh, uh, to, to buy than, than rent. Um, and th this could be changed slightly if you took extended the mortgage further out or just got a better deal. But even at a 4% interest rate, it's still a bit cheaper. And obviously, you've got the additional benefit that you're building up equity in your property and you've got more security. Uh, but in, in, in more expensive areas in London, it, it does change slightly. And, and this, this again, the, I, I can recall this before, that it was, it was a pretty similar story many, many years ago when I bought my first property. Um, in fact, when I bought my first property, interest rates jumped up uh, due to a sort of economic crisis. And I was wondering why I just didn't keep on renting because it was actually a little bit cheaper to rent because interest rates were like 16%. But I think at these sort of rates, it will be cheaper to buy. And obviously, you're building up your own uh, property and getting yourself on the ladder. And, and, and that is still a better deal, even if it was the same or a little bit more to buy than it was to, to rent. Now, I've got to, I want to give you five tips for first-time buyers um, that can help you uh, maybe get on the first on the ladder uh, and build up a deposit, etc. Now, the first thing is you can, it's pretty obvious, really broaden your search area. Uh, obviously, this makes sense, especially if you rent in, in a city centre at the moment. Second thing is you can use one of the government uh, buying schemes. I'll put a list of these on, on the notes there. Um, the, the help to buy uh, equity loan has proved very popular. And I think that, that has helped many people, but uh, that, that scheme is only open till October. So if you if you haven't started on that, you probably uh, missed the boat there. But there is a first home scheme that offers discounts of between 30 and 50% on, on new build properties to local first-time buyers and key workers. Obviously, encouraging that. Key workers are people like nurses, teachers, and that sort of thing. Uh, there are several other schemes to help you get on the ladder too. Second thing you can do <coughs> excuse me, is to team up with friends and family uh, to help you get a bigger deposit. <coughs> excuse me. Now, this... This again sounds a bit obvious, but you also got to be careful who you buy with because it can be very hard to unravel it later on. Um, you know, you, you hear of arguments between friends. One wants to sell, one doesn't want to sell, you know, buying the other half out, all that sort of stuff. But it can work very well if you if you buy with the right person. You could also use the available ISAs and schemes, tax-free savings schemes, uh, schemes where the government give you a bonus on the ISA and, and use those. Now, many... Uh, grandparents and uh, parents are helping their children with uh, equity release schemes on their own homes. You know, a lot of people who bought in the in the eighties and that sort of thing many years ago, even back back at the seventies, have got mortgage got properties with mortgages paid off 
and quite substantial equity in that property. Now, by releasing the equity on an equity release type of mortgage, which is non-payment rolls up until you die, um, they, they can actually give part of their inheritance that they would have given to the children anyway, but give it to them now when they need it to buy a house. And it also can reduce inheritance tax if that person uh, lives uh, for, for, for more than seven years. So it, it's a way of reducing the value of the state later on and, and giving the money when they need it right now. So have a look at that equity release schemes. Take advice. I'm not giving you advice on that, by the way. Uh, there are several other schemes I said to help you can you can get into to help you save and and take advantage of the schemes that, that are available out there. Next thing is to do your homework on different types of mortgage. Uh, Zupa calculates there are nine different types of mortgages. Uh, you really need to get to grips with what is what, what is a discount, what is a fixed rate, uh, capital and interest, all these types of mortgages. Uh, do look into that, and you know it always is a good idea to speak to a, a, an independent mortgage advisor to get your options before you go out and start searching for a property. And, and finally, the next is to keep up with your local property market. Uh, every area is, is a little bit different. You know, you've got this national picture of prices, but there's nothing like knowing your local area and knowing the cheaper pockets of properties within your local area, knowing where they're going to build next, knowing uh, just that, you know, you might, I mean, a friend of mine bought a lovely property because he just kept an eye on things and he knew that when a property came on the market that he particularly wanted, he, he wanted that property. He put it in the immediate offer and bought it and it's still there today. So you've got to keep an eye on things um, and, and just keep your eyes peeled and really know your local market. Talk to the agents and that sort of thing, uh, because you, you could jump in there before someone coming from the outside could get, could get hold of that property. Now, I want to go back to the sterling crisis. A lot of people don't think about currency until they go on holiday and find that, you know, they go to the airport and expect to buy, you know, $1.40 for every pound and find that, you know, they're just about getting over $1 for a pound or one euro for a pound. Uh, and then they think, oh, it's expensive to go to America. But this is a big thing because sterling has been going down against the dollar since last year. I think it was around 130 something. Now it's 117. If you go to the airport now, which is the worst place to buy currency, you, you could find that you're only getting just over sort of 110 for your for your for your pound. Now, why this matters is because all the imports we 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 buy in, like oil and gas and that sort of thing, all these things we buy in from abroad are generally paid for in dollars. Dollar being the reserve, the world's reserve currency, it gives a massive benefit to America. By the way, now the American currency has been holding up very well, but uh, if we are uh, paying more, not just with inflation and higher costs, but we're paying more in in uh, pounds because of the the weak currency this is going to drive up inflation and already uh, traders are betting against uh uk bonds gilts they call them here um and and they're expecting uh inflation to go up goldman sachs expects inflation to reach 20 percent. i think another group city group said it would reach 18 percent um so this is this is serious so we had uh, sterling crisis before uh, and I think it was Norman Lamont actually put up rates at one time, interest rates this is, it went up twice in one day and then went up a third time to actually 20% for a brief time. And this man, George Soros, was the man who said he broke the pound. He made 5 billion from a bet against the pound and the pound kept sliding. So they kept having to put up interest rates so that foreign currency would buy the pound on these higher interest rates. 
And eventually he, he solved the problem by coming out of what was called the European Exchange Rate Mechanism. Uh, that's another long story. It was a forerunner to the euro, which we never joined, thank goodness. But um, energy costs are going up. Um, food is going up by you know far higher than inflation. And unions are now demanding higher pay uh, settlements. They want inflation-linked pay settlements because they expect the taxpayer to fork out to to pay, you know, teachers and nurses and that's sort of these inflation-busting pay rises. But meanwhile, people working in private companies are perhaps not making any money and can't afford to give uh, such high pay rises are just having to suffer and just pay extra taxes for it. So there's, there's a lot of uh, discussion going on about that. Some unions also want the minimum wage, which is currently around £10 an hour, to go up to £15 an hour. And, and all these things are going to drive up costs because those costs have to be passed on to someone else. And then that is like a domino effect. It just keeps increasing inflation. And this is what I've seen this happen in, in years gone by. And the government needs to get to grips with this. It's a very difficult situation uh, because, you know, you've got several strikes going on at the moment. Dock workers, uh, I think postal workers, rail and, um, and, and different parts of the country, different strikes are going on. So we're going to see this more in the public sector and semi-public kind of sectors. And things could get a little bit out of control here. Germany has seen the highest inflation rate for 40 years. That's not just the UK that is suffering, but something's got to give here. And all of this is driving the country into recession. Now, I want to offer you a bit of hope and to get you through these difficult times, you have to you know, learn how to manage your money if you want to come out, not just surviving this, but thriving in a, in a recession or in a downturn that we're in now. And I prepared some special free training that you can look at to to help you get through these times. And, you know, if, if you want to then go on from there and and have me help you by coaching you, that that offer will be there for you as well. But do have a look at that. It's a free link. And, uh, you know, I, I'm definitely sure this can help people learn how to manage their money, learn how to make a bit of money, make some extra income and and also just learn how to control their finances, just like the country needs to control its finances, just like a business needs to control its finances. You do as you, you, yourself. If you're managing yourself as a corporation, you need to, to know how to budget and get to grips with your finances so that money's not just leaking out like a like a, a dripping pipe out, out of your, your budget. It's not so much what you make, it's how much you can keep of it that, that really counts. And that comes down to expenditure, taxes, how you organize your finance, all sorts of things, and, and your debt as well. So do check that out. I will speak to you again soon for UK Property Talk. In the meantime, have a great day. Stay safe out there, and I'll speak to you again very soon. Thanks a lot. This is Charles Kelly, bringing you money tips to help you save, earn, invest, accumulate, and enjoy more money. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Money Tips. For more tips and information, visit moneytipsdaily.com. The information given in this podcast is for your entertainment and should not be construed as financial advice. As always, take independent financial advice before making any investment decisions. 